The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez, Rev. Skip Jennings, and Faith Rivera. to another episode of Voices of Unity. I am Reverend Skip Jennings. And aloha from Faith Rivera. Oh my goodness. Yes. We're missing Hello. somebody. We're missing oh, somebody. <laughs> she's on vacation. Our Reverend Jackie, lovely Reverend Jackie, Rev Jackie or Rev Jack's family vacation, which I think we all need to, to, to do more of, don't you think? Oh yeah. We're actually geared up for this weekend. To go this do that. This really? Staycation. Yeah, two staycation. staycation. Well, staycation the next week in the Big Island uh, with some East Coast family. So, I love that. Yeah, I love that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's send some love out to Reverend Jackie yeah. as she is taking that time out. And she's always, when one of us are missing, it always kind of throws me a little bit because we get our rhythm. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, where's the third person to jump in? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I get to hang with my sister from another mister. Uh-huh. How you doing this week? What's going on with you this week? Renovations is in full swing. Light yeah. fixtures coming in, toilets coming in. <laughs> you know, you know it's no, but you know what's cool, Skip, is to like see my collages of colors and wood planks kind of come to life. So it's it's yeah. actually exciting. It's been years in the making. So really excited. Izzy started her her kindergarten. It's not as she wants playground time, and I think because of COVID, it's not an everyday thing. So, you know, whatever. Those are her child problems at this point, which are not. She's doing great. She's doing great. 
yeah. So good, yeah. so good, so yeah. good. How about you? How about how, how about you? How's life? Um, life is is interesting. You know, um, I've been in more <laughs> prayer and meditation than ever before. Okay. I'm in the process of beginning a um, a process that we ministers do. It's called candidating. Um, and we're candidating for a position in in a in a community, a spiritual community. So I'm beginning a process. I can't really talk a lot about it right now, but yeah, yeah. we've had the first conversation. We have the next conversation with the search committee next week, and I'm getting all my paperwork together so I can associate and do all the things I need to do. And I've been into a lot of prayer meditation of surrendering to wherever God wants me to go as a minister. I'm willing to go and to do it with a heart of joy. And I think oh, about you quite a bit about being in love and being so joyful and oh. happy. So thank you for inspiring me, sis. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, I'm just so excited for you because, you know, it was just last year, you know, you graduated and like yeah. you just... You just roll in, you just roll in, you know, and so I'm excited for you. And like you said, you know, that's what really makes the journey worth it. It's almost not even like the milestones we hit, but it's just how were we through it? Can we say that I was loving? Maybe I didn't have all my stuff together, but, you know, was I present? And so you're, you're doing that. Yeah. You're doing that. You know, so high five. Woo-hoo. Thank you. High five. <laughs> Virtual high five to Hawaii. You know, my practitioner is um, one of my, I have many practitioners, but one of my practitioners I go to is Kathy Ann Lewis, which you know yes. from CSO. Love Central her, Center. yes. I know, we do too. Powerful woman. So I had a session with her this morning and uh, I was saying, so, you know, just asking, being that student mind, what do I pray for? What do I, you know, sit in? And she's like, no, you're, you're listen, she said, she reminded me, you're going from glory to glory. You're going from glory to greater glory. And she reminded me, reminded me of what you just did. Look at your trajectory since graduating. You've been moving like this and you're going to keep moving like this. So be happy. This is the only prayer to be happy. Like you were saying, just be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it sounds easier said than done. I mean, sometimes you just can't jump to happy and you get mad trying yeah. to get happy, but I think you can always point the boat closer, right? If it's going to be, I'm going to be less blameful today. Great. Whatever you can do, I think to give yourself relief. So I was sharing with you off air that we just got a call that there was a possible COVID, um, what do you call it? Whatever interaction with, with someone. Yeah. That had contact, contact, contact. Yeah. So I don't know all the lingo around this COVID thing. And it's funny cause there's two paths. Thank God for our show because it puts me right in the space. I need to be two paths. Am I going to jump into the paranoia of what's going to go wrong or am I going to oh. do what I was just listening to our amazing guest song, you know, <laughs> sing about love. If you just look at that title again, it's that choice point. Am I going to sing about the glory, you know, what's good here, which is our health and we've always been taken care of and all this, or am I going to jump in the paranoia? So thank God for our guests, that song, this show, you, they're my constant reminders of how I get to shape, you know, how I get to experience each moment. So amen. We're going to be okay. And I think it's really important that we recognize that this has been the global consciousness of our existence right now is COVID this, COVID <laughs> that, watching this, watching that. And we're not denying that COVID is a thing because it is a thing. A but thing. I had a t- I had a talk with um, Reverend Michael and I'm, you know, and I'm just very grateful to have really strong people around me. And Reverend Michael reminded us on, I think it was a couple of Sundays ago, we haven't heard about the cold and flu season for a very long time. 
<laughs> so we have all accepted this global um, gloom and doom and fear of COVID. And he he invited us, this was last week, to take a fast from the media. Fast. Stop watching what's going on because it is being put into our consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is mindfulness. All yeah. it takes is mindfulness. Yeah. But I'll, I'll admit to you, that dang button on Facebook now that shows the news, I, I can't help myself. I'd just be like, well, what's going on? <laughs> but I have the other voice saying like, okay, that might be happening on one level, but what's happening right now for you? Is that relevant? Yeah. Am I am I going to be a better mom in this moment? No, don't press it. So anyway, that's my I, I've stopped pressing battle. the button. <laughs> I've stopped pressing the button and put on yeah. the and stop clicking on CNN and CNBC <laughs> and all those NCs and all that. Um, but you know, I shifted a little bit after the last couple of weeks. I, I'm having a little bit of withdrawal right now. Yeah. It's I, called <laughs> Olympic withdrawal. For yeah. two weeks, two yeah. a little over two weeks, I was getting up in the morning watching the Olympics. Aww. I was going to bed watching. It was such a wonderful spiritual experience for me to really experience this global community coming together with the idea of of friendship through sportsmanship. And I was like, what a spiritual message that is. Yeah. We can overcome this thing of COVID, come together, and we can create a atmosphere that allows us to celebrate each other in yeah. sports. I, I saw people, you know, hugging each other when someone would lose, they would come and hug the loser or no losers. When someone didn't win the gold, I should say, they would hug the person or, you know, it was just a wonderful experience. It really filled my soul. Mm-hmm. I love that you've been sharing about it. Cause I don't know what it is in me. We don't, I don't follow it, but my, my mother-in-law has. And so we've yeah. seen it a little, but you are right. That the moment that those moments through these weeks that unite us right away from like the, the, the dark stuff. And that's what music can do. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about today. Right. We're definitely talking about that. And um, I also want to say, before we go to our guests, I also want to say that music was a big part of the Olympic um, experience yes. Yes. and they brought in all these artists to really be a part of of of, of sharing um unity through music yes. so it's very evident the music that was the well we could say the soundtrack of the olympics yeah. can we say that yeah. is the soundtrack of the olympics yeah. like your music and karen karen drucker's music who's going to be yeah. a guest on my own podcast coming up really <laughs> soon and let's see um harold Pain. Yes. Yep. And yep. our guest coming up, Ooh. Ricky Byers. Yes. They're all soundtrack of our new thought experience. Yeah. The soundtrack. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Well, I think for many people, we'd say of our of our of our life and our growth and yeah. our you know what I mean, our yeah. centeredness and our spirituality. Yeah. So uh, it's amazing. Like I've done music my whole life, but to spend a whole month really honoring. Um, creators of this music and the power of it it's i mean it's bringing me a whole other new level of appreciation what does your shirt say today and i i know the people are listening i can see bless. it Skype. it says bless and you yes are in you the are flow. thank you and yours is in the flow get in Mine the, the flow, flow baby we can see each other because we have skype uh video <laughs> on and uh but you are blessed and i'm in the flow yes is yes. it time to bring in our guests it is time. It is okay. time. So this entire month, we are exploring, diving into the power of music. 
to heal and to transform. And so, you know, last week we spoke with Karen Drucker and this week we're just so lucky that um, our, my, our friend here is taking time from his own vacation to talk to us about that. So this is Daniel Namod. Hopefully he'll pop on soon. But while he <laughs> pops on, if you have not heard of him, there, there's no way you haven't heard of him. But All if right. you have not heard of him, hey, Daniel. Hey, we're going <laughs> to gut. Wait, we got to gush on you for a second. We got to gush gotta on you. We got to talk about you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one power, <laughs> sacred love, um, songs that have meant so much, not only to the new thought movement, but to other faiths and, um, just an incredible, I want to say human being <laughs> from his talent to his big heart. And I have seen him, um, be a humanitarian through his music to individuals and to large groups. And in moments when no one's watching, he's, he's the real deal through and through. And so, I mean, I, I can't say enough. He has over 20 something albums, has sold, how the hell did he do that? I, I'm a songwriter. He's sold <laughs> over 100,000 um, albums. And um, I don't know, I just love him so dearly. So let's welcome Daniel Neymar and see what's up for this man who has probably changed your life through his music. So Daniel, what's up? Welcome in. <laughs> actually, actually, how did I sell 100,000 records? I started during the second Punic War. and sold about <laughs> There you go. Sold about there you go. 15 a year for the next 2,000 years, and here I am. And and uh, one thing that Faith and Faith did not say, and um, you're pretty so. good. You're 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 a pretty good rapper too. I have heard you rap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I think that makes you the second or third person to ever say that about me. And, okay. Uh, and it's absolutely categorically untrue. But very, very nice of you to lie to flatter me. I appreciate it. Um, oh my goodness. You know what? You know what? The only rap I ever the only rap I ever did and recorded is that song Sing About Love. And I uh, love that. To be honest, I didn't write it for myself. It was sort of a uh, it was a, a real flight of fancy to write it. But I wrote it with the thought that my friend Nemo would do the rap the next time I got to see him. And then I started working in the studio uh, sort of um, uh, I wrote uh, something that complex for me. Anyway, it takes a while to write and every and I, would, I was constantly adding verses to it and thinking of more things to say and different rhythms to use. And as I and I wrote it and recorded a scratch of it as at the same time. Right. So I'm developing it. And then at some point I'm like, this is way too much fun <laughs> for me to give away. Like I'm having fun doing this and I think I can pull it off. And uh, and then uh, when I quote unquote finished it. And to be honest, it doesn't even feel finished still because I still think of. Uh, it's a song that mentions, if you've ever heard of the rap yes. of, uh, it mentions uh, artists that have oh, that yeah. have really done something special with yeah. the song. And there are 63 artists, and I, I've thought of at least a half a dozen or more that I wish I'd put in there. But anyway, so uh, it's the, the sequel. <laughs> sequel. No, well, yeah. no. <laughs> I, I, I thought, well, I was just going to say that you and Faith could do a rap album because Faith rapped on her last album too. <laughs> so you so, both could do. <laughs> yeah, it's much for me to learn it by heart. That was the the really fun part was that I performed it with a piece of paper, uh, well, two sheets of paper because it's long, uh, in front of me for months, and I discovered that it get it got more fun once I learned a lot more fun once I learned it by heart. Yeah. I don't know why I was able to really dive into it and and yeah. uh, you know what I mean. It, it, the difference, of course, the difference between reading and feeling it. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, not a good rapper. Um, a, a, 
very possibly a uh, one-hit wonder in the rap department. <laughs> we'll have to well, see. Well, we'll have to see. Yeah. Daniel, I am waiting for a skip. I mean, most people don't know this, but since, you know, Daniel has recorded, remember standing as one and I've seen him do it here and there. He has funk in him and R&B and his high voice and these licks that I can't even duplicate. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know that that all blows my mind. But wait, let's first. Can we I got to ask you, though, I want to know because, you know, your songs have meant so much, has been so transformative for so many people. Was there a moment that you can remember where you were like, where you realized the power of a song to craft this? Is it something you just like, you did it and then you saw the effect on people? Or like, how did it come about? When did you see the power of a song to, to do this? Was it on you first? Or, yeah, can you share I'm about thinking, that? I'm thinking okay. about that. You yeah, know. yeah. Um, well, uh, early on, even before I moved from Chicago to L.A., mm -hmm. this is an uncrafted answer. I mean, I'm actually processing the question. As yeah. I think. So, yeah. So er, so the the potential for actually I just thought of a moment. I, <laughs> I was about I was about uh, 10 years old or 11 years old. And I was uh, I was a mediocre piano player with far better than mediocre natural skills, natural talent. So I couldn't play very well, but I could play almost anything that I heard. In other words, by ear. Not well, but but I could plunk it out no matter what. Even when I was a little boy, it was like a magic trick. And mm. those of us who can do it know that we can't explain why, and, and we, we're disingenuous if we take credit for it. It's just something my, when I'm listening to music, I could write you out the sheet music for it. Um, as I'm listening, I, I understand what I'm hearing. Wow. Um, so that, that makes me able to play it. Not again, not perfectly, not uh, right. You understand. So, so I play piano. And so we go to our friend, our friend's house, the Altschul house, a family that was our family friend. We used to go to synagogue every week, every Saturday morning with them. And we were at their house and they had a piano in their living room, an upright piano. And at some point in their party, there were a bunch of people there. I sat and played piano. And because I wasn't I wasn't very good, but I was versatile. You know, people would say, hey, can you play, you know, uh, American Pie or whatever it is? And I could do it um, well enough for people to sing along and have a smile. Mm -hmm. And I remember driving home. And this is actually a poignant thought, really. And I'll tell you why in a second. But driving home, my mom said to me. It's a very wonderful thing to be able to sit at a piano and make people happy. Yes. And um, and what, part of the reason why that's poignant is there's a line in the Sing About Love song, the rap song, where I say, my family escaped the war and they never sang anymore. And mm -hmm. that's not an, that is not a hyperbole. That is... My family, my grandparents Truth. survived the Holocaust yes, barely and, yes. and really never sang again. Wow. Mm. And, and I was told only long after my bubby was gone uh, that she had a beautiful singing voice. And when my uncle told me this, uh, I wasn't completely as shocked as he thought I would be because the only time I ever heard my bubby sing mm. from, from the day she escaped Poland and never saw any of her family again. The wow. day I never heard her sing except on her deathbed, oh. she was 
in wow. chemotherapy and days or may at most weeks away from being gone. Wow. And I asked her to sing for me. And she sang mm -hmm. a little song in Yiddish. And it was the only time in my life that I heard my Bubby sing. And I remember going home and telling my mom that Bubby had sung a song that in English translated to world don't worry. That was oh the, that was the, that was the phrase. That was the title in Yiddish. Wow. And uh, my, I remember my mom saying, she sang. Wow. So, uh, so all the way. So again, you just, you just, re and, and here's the, the weirdest part of the fact that this comes to mind, or maybe it makes it not coincidental at all is that last night I saw my uncle for the first time in several years. He lives in San Francisco. Uh, he's been, I, I haven't, I just haven't seen him. And, uh, and he's always been one of the most loving and kind uh, people in my entire life. Mm -hmm. When we left, Jude is with me. When we left, Jude said, can I see my great uncle again before we leave? Oh. Right? He could uh -huh. feel how much he, uh -huh. my uncle, he could feel how much Chaim loved me. He could feel uh -huh. how much I love Chaim. And, and wow. he, he was touched, so touched that he wanted to see this relative. I mean, an, a wow. great uncle, 70s is an old man to a little boy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. but it was Chaim who who filled in a lot of the blanks about my family story wow. uh, when when my when my rest of my family either was gone or my, in the case of my parents sometimes aren't comfortable talking about my mom. Yeah. Um, so anyway, all that to say, you just reminded me of that moment coming mm. away from the Altschul house when my mom said it's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And then and then fast forward again to my bubby. Sorry to harp on grandparents, but. Um, but uh, when I graduated high school, I was in the marching band, which meant I wore cap and gown, but I played trombone in the band. <laughs> uh -huh. when, I finished, when I finished that ceremony, I, I did not take off my cap and gown. I got in the car with my parents, and they drove me to my Bubby's hospital bed. That was the same time. Yeah. And I played for her the yes. graduation march on trombone in her hospital room. Oh, my God. Fast forward another 20 years, and I'm in my other grandmother's uh, hospice room and she's 98 and only alive for a few more days yes and i brought my guitar with me it was pesach time passover time and i yes. played guitar and sang a couple of pa passover songs for her and yes. i had done that for her senior center for years whenever wow. danny came in town it meant that <laughs> we're going to get a concert so you ask me how mm -hmm. long i've known mm -hmm. what a song could do mm -hmm. and what a gift it was to hear it and what a gift it was to be able to give it. Yeah. Yes. That's how long, that's how deep it goes for me is yes, I've been yeah. doing just that for my, literally my entire life. Mm. And, and it, and it probably, uh, it has a lot to do faith. You, you and I are a unique, we're unique creatures in what we have chosen to do with our songs. Now you write, pop songs i write pop songs but you and i both know, <laughs> you and i both know what we most of the time intend the effect to be when we oh, sing. yeah yeah oh yeah you know one of the i've always wanted always wanted to have and it, it so it runs that deep for me generationally yeah ancestrally yeah it runs that deep my my desire to make a room feel better yeah with the song runs that deep for me. I don't know another use for music from 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 myself. 
Mm. You know, one of, one of the things I love about you, uh, Daniel, is, and I've seen you at Agape when we're on Buckingham, and and you've sent in a video and um, our Saban, and you've been in Enlightened Hearts when I was there. One of the things I love about not just your music, but the stories you tell about your family. When did you know that your family would be an intricate part of what you would do when you perform? Uh, I got to tell you, I, uh, I was raised to be a lawyer or to be at least a, prof a professional with a suit and an advanced degree, um, uh, liberal, but professional. In other words, my father is a law professor for a civil rights lawyer for 45 years. There's a civil rights award in Chicago named after him. Mm. Uh, but lawyer was what we were supposed to be. And uh, so if you ask me where my family was supposed to fit in with my musical body of work, there was not supposed to be a musical body of work. Yeah. Uh, it was supposed if if it was going to be, it was going to be a hobby. My parents never balked at buying me. I still remember them buying me a trombone in high school. That was a stretch. It was a six or seven hundred dollar instrument, and we were not wealthy. Uh, and they never balked at piano lessons. And in fact, they even sent me to public high school, which was not their favorite choice. They wanted me to go to stick in the private Jewish. Uh, school circuit that both of my brothers were in. My brothers went to the same high school my dad went to. That's how tight the Jewish thread was supposed to be. They sent me to public high school because they knew I was a musician. And the private Jewish school had no music program at all. And the public high school had three bands, two orchestras, and a choir. Mm. So that's why they sent me there at their own expense in a way. It was it was a compromise a very deep compromise for them. So the music, the fact that I make music, they've supported since I was yeah. a baby. But, but, but the career, I would have told you, had nothing to do. I would have told you my parents were here and I was here. But the older I get, the more I realize that I never, that they are, their threads are woven uh, thoroughly into yes. The, into me, uh, of course, but into the music I make and yes. the way I make it. Yes. So it's very inter interwoven, but yeah. absolutely unconsciously. Right? Yeah. I was yeah. the rebel doing what I do yeah. and the weirdo, uh, <laughs> the, the closest I could have possibly come to fitting into expectation would have been to be a cantor at a synagogue. And yeah. only years later did I realize that I'd kind of become a cantor just for <laughs> just for humanity instead of for only Jewish communities. Yeah. Uh, sacred love songs are cantor songs. Yes. But they're not only for Jewish people. Um, so anyway, that's the answer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, when I was reading your, your bio, right, of all the, you know, things you've done musically, but also the humanitarian things. And I just had this image of you. I'm like, you're like super Daniel, no. you know, like anywhere. Well, no, no, in the sense, wherever that call that you don't even know anywhere there's and a need. They, we're going to finish this later yes, on because yes. we have to go to a break. And please <laughs> no. come back as we continue our conversation with Daniel Neymar. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
explore new thought philosophy, and a lot more. Welcome back to Voices of Unity. I could sing about mistakes I've made, broken hearts and broken wings. I could sing about my aches and pains and the one that got away. But it seems to me the world has its hurts to spare. Shadows are everywhere. I've decided I've cried enough. There's plenty of songs about tough luck. I'm gonna sing about love. Gonna sing about love. Lift somebody up. Instead of talking about tough luck. I can't deny Says be happy, it'll be all right. Marvin Gaye showed the way to what's going on. It's a wonderful world, thanks to Louis Armstrong. Soul Asylum saved those runaway kids. John Lennon just imagined, and the whole world did. John Denver took a sky with Tina Turner to the sea. Stevie Wynn would do a higher love. John Legend and Comet to freedom. Pete Seeger's gonna overcome. Bob Marley just smiled at the rising sun. Eminem will lose himself before the moment's gone. Miss Jackson knows the knowledge is what we want. Gloria Gaynor maintained that we're gonna survive. Tim McGraw wants us to live like we are dying. Aretha got our E-S-P-E-C-T. Beth Midler from a since the whole world we see Tom Petty free falls Leanne hopes we dance Josh Groban raises up If we're hurting R.E.M. understands Irving B. bless the USA Van Morrison ushered in a brand new day Whitney sang about the greatest love of all Johnny Nash can see clearly now the rain won't fall Take notes for beautiful Christina does too Rihanna sees a shining like a diamond We keep talking like the food fighters Fight the power probably gonna be set Miley is a climber Andy Grammer keeps his head up Bill Withers we can lean on him Natasha's unwritten Taylor Swift shakes it off again Lady Gaga was born this way Jason Mraz truly got to be our friend today The Black Eyed Peas wonder where is the love As Ray got a beat Journey never stopped believing in us Simon over trouble water made a bridge Elton John lit a candle for Diana he did It's the same love Macklemore was moved to pray Is he made a rainbow with an ukulele James Brown loud and proud Rumors hard to lay that out the way it is Queen made us into champions You too and Dr. King and the power of one Sam Cooke made your love Change is gonna come Peter Gabriel ain't giving up on us Just if we are the world saved lives No star they couldn't get Irene Carol what a feeling alive Pharrell made us happy Katy Perry lit a firework in the sky Carol King we've got a friend Switchfoot dared us all the 
that is Sing About Love, the new, you know, the title cut from his newest album. And guys, I'm looking at his website. It's $10. How is that possible? We all need to go get that, like, <laughs> this moment. So, okay, wait, I got to bring it back. I want him to tell us about the song. However, I want to talk about this vision <laughs> of Daniel Neymar. No, he, you were talking about this deep calling you had. And, you know, and I didn't, I said it in a funny way, but I meant, I really meant it, you know, this superhero in the sense that you show up wherever the need is. And especially when this pandemic hit, you know, I never saw you on Facebook very much or social media, but the pandemic hit and you this I, I'm guessing this is what happened. You saw the need and you have just shown up on fire there for people like day after day, night after night. I mean. I don't know. I just that that's amazing, right, Skip? That isn't that what yeah. superheroes do? You just show up. And I've seen you show up in ways like that and in small ways where like you get a chair for someone. So I just and, and by the way, he has a song called Superheroes, I'm just saying. So he does? Oh yes. song that superhero. Song. Yeah. So yeah. that the calling is deep and we almost we can't not do what we were meant to do. Yeah. And I think your parents were a part of it, like you said, yes. way down, you know. Yeah, they so. were collaborating. They were collaborating against their will in some ways, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the human but, uh, will. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no faith. I was never, uh, I mean, I never gave a crap about social media. Uh, I am, a, I am, um, I think, chronologically a dinosaur in that world. And I felt like one and it just had no interest. It felt like, um, it felt, it felt more narcissistic than anything uh, uh. to, to, to I've never been comfortable. I've never been comfortable promoting myself to begin with, um, and then and then that's all social media felt like. So you're, but you're you are. Uh, it's not a it's not a self-aggrandizing thing. It's just simply true. It's just simply true. I uh, my schedule went empty in March last year. I got off the plane. I think from North Carolina, and I might have had a gig the following Sunday. But that was it. The phone started ringing and didn't stop until my calendar, which had been full for the rest of the year, uh, essentially went to and nothing, not essentially went to zero. And uh, we had we had just moved into a fixer upper house in November and um, we had had sort of plans to fix it up one way or another. And and I've done some woodworking, uh, but nothing very advanced and certainly no construction -y stuff. And um, my wife is not a hippie and she is not an entrepreneur by nature. She's a jeweler and super talented in a hundred different ways, but that's not her life. You know, I'm only ever joking when I say she married me because I'm a successful singer songwriter. You know, <laughs> I, you know I, I know that she must actually like me because there ain't no trust fund. You know, I mean, there's nothing. There's no six-figure royalty checks. There's no radio hit. You know what I mean? It's like I have. Not yet. I have. Thank you. I have created a life and a living, you know, more or less one day at a time. So does everybody. But when you're when you're doing it as an entrepreneur, the the uh, the disguise is off. It's it's clear you're inventing mm -hmm. it a day at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, so so the first few days of an empty calendar and almost no money in the bank and a fixer upper house that demanded, not not requested politely, but <laughs> demanded a new roof, demanded a drain. Yeah. The garage didn't flood every time it rained, demanded some basics right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember Melina lifting her head off the pillow uh, a couple of nights after my calendar went empty. And she said, 
what are we going to do? <laughs> and I said, I'm thinking about it. I love that. I'm thinking about it. And, yeah. uh, and, and I also, and I know, I'm sure, I know the two of you, uh, we, we, learn, we learn it the hard way or the easy way that thinking about it and sleeping on it rather than demanding an answer um it's you know i have songs about it that i'm not a hypocrite when i sing which is a little unusual for me uh but when i sing songs about going where the ocean says to go yeah and, and allowing an answer to come that's true for me uh mm-hmm. and i was not actually worried even though i probably should have been i guess mm-hmm. but mm. i i slept on it i slept on it and i thought and uh, and there was no panic in it uh mm-hmm. honestly no, again, nothing. None of this is to sound noble or anything. Just telling you the story. Yeah. So I, I was not scared. I just knew awesome. that something creative was going to have to happen. Yeah. But but so so I told my wife. Uh, so it occurred to me. It occurred to me that I sing songs about peace of mind, and the panic level was rising. You know, we haven't seen it since 2001, since September 11th, I think. Mm-hmm. The collective fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might have even been a higher level of fear mm-hmm. this last year. Yeah. And what I do specifically is what I just described to you in that last segment. I want I want somebody to breathe a little deeper, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm thinking I want to do my job, and I don't mean professional job. I want to do my job with my songs I wonder if this online streaming thing actually <laughs> works. <laughs> Called a friend of mine, honest to God, who has a 17-year-old son, and he <laughs> had been buying coins at at garage sales and selling them every Sunday night on Instagram Live. And I asked this this punk little kid <laughs> how I got him on the phone and he talked to me. Like a grown-up, it was, I mean, hilarious how sure he was. You know, 30 or 40 minutes, he walked me through. And then when I had to decide what platform to use, he said, no one on Instagram is under 40. Uh-huh. No, no, no one on Instagram is over 40. Uh-huh. And no one on Facebook is under 40. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, then Facebook it is. And I, and That's I That's a smart kid. <laughs> wow. Right. And uh, so, so I announced the next day, I announced 12, 12 shows in 12 nights on Facebook. It's beautiful. I love I, it. I didn't want to just do, it wasn't a benefit concert for the Namod family, and it was not for profit, and it was not for pay, and it was not for anything except, yeah. except uh, honest to God, just, just simply a volunteer effort, somebody smile who was sitting at home freaking out. And uh, I did those 12 shows. And then I started getting a few letters from people saying, the last 12 nights you've been, the, the last 12 days you've been the only company I had. I cannot tell you how grateful I am. Yeah. And so I, I told Melina, I don't have any excuse. There's no excuse to not do more. Wow. So I, well, then I did 12 more, then 12 more, then six more, then morning meditations. Then I read from the Tao. Then I did, then I started doing Monday night concerts. And actually this week, I think is the one year anniversary of 52. Yeah great Monday night concerts. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's it's really truly been, uh, oh, and the last thing I'll say is we started receiving gifts um, yeah. to the Namod family. 
through PayPal and in the mailbox. And those gifts turned out to be the reason why we made our mortgage payment. Yes. Reason why Jude could go to camp. And yep. which may have I don't know, I wanna be melodramatic and say saved his life. Well but in yeah. had yeah. to get out of the house. Yeah. Uh, was dramatic. So the gifts we've received far exceed anything I could have given, and I have given a lot. You I mean, have. It's yeah. over two hundred over two hundred programs on Facebook now. And um, but we have received far more than that, and I learned a lot. I already knew it, but I learned a lot about the quality and kindness and generosity, yeah. the, the depth of people who were watching and listening to my songs and were moved to send five dollars, or in some cases fifty or five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. to support my family. I yes. mean, I I teared up. I've teared up and still do. Yeah. A hundred times online, just saying thank you. It's yes. it's almost too much to comprehend. Extremely powerful testimony. That is an extremely powerful testimony. Um, and you also one of my your recent songs, which I love, is called Superhero. So, um, and if you don't know, Superheroes also with uh, Nemo uh, Patel. It's a great song. It's a beautiful song. And you wrote this for this time that we're going through this pandemic, for those that were doing this, but I got to ask you, who is your superhero? Uh, in what category? Well, uh, any category you choose, who's your superhero? In, in music, you know, I got a chance once to, to uh, shake Stevie Wonder's hand mm-hmm. and, uh, and he leaned in to say, hello, brother Daniel. You know, he said, Stevie, this is Daniel. And I said to Stevie Wonder, and it's, it sounds so cocky now I cringe, but to even put myself in the same sentence, but I still said it. I said, I said, Stevie, I sing about and I sing for love like you always have. And it's just such an honor to meet you. Um, was that Agape? Was that when you were at Agape with Stevie? No, no, I met oh. him at a convention um, a few years before. Then. Um, so Stevie Wonder and I'd say Paul McCartney, just from sheer genius, you know, oh. heroes. Uh, in terms of uh, other kinds of heroes, you know who I love? I love people who dare to surprise with their capacity to forgive mm-hmm. and to change. And the first two people I think of are Nelson Mandela and Malcolm X. Yeah. Um, I, I, I read Malcolm X's autobiography in high school. And then and now I continue to be blown away by the willingness, the courage to change your mind at the expense of the uh, at the expense of the message you have always been taught or have always taught when you learn something next level to admit and you know what you know Nelson Mandela I've been thinking about the phrase truth and reconciliation a lot lately uh, which I believe was what the South African uh, uh, program was after apartheid ended. And, you know, I think, I think to myself, how much guts, it takes so much guts to forgive and acknowledge that America has never actually done it, for example. Yes. You know, (laughs) it takes that, it takes so much guts Mm -hmm. to admit 
that makes heroism to me, that kind of courage. Mm. Uh, to, to stand up and say something that's going to make you less popular, not more. Yes. But yes. it's a truth you simply need to say. Um, last, last thought about it is uh, we went to Muir Woods yesterday. It was a beautiful state park, incredible redwood forest. And there is a sign. And in fact, I can read you the sign because I took a picture. There is a sign in Muir Woods. I'm not making this up. And the sign, uh, it's at the exit, and there is near near the entrance to the, to the walk, so nobody can miss it. And the sign says, at the entrance to Muir Woods hike, here's what the sign says. Alert. History under construction. Mm. It, it, it's an old sign with images of the men who had founded this place and named it after themselves, etc., a sign that you would have read for 50 years visiting Muir Woods. And now what they said next to that sign is this sign credits influential philanthropic white men with saving Muir Woods. While they undoubtedly contributed to the forest becoming a national monument, part of our duty in the National Park Service is to tell the full story of how mm. that happened. Wow. And they detail underneath it the racist histories of those men, the indigenous yeah. people who had, had lived there before and had done perfectly fine jobs managing, quote unquote, <laughs> this red uh -huh. forest. Oh, got it. it was, before it was taken from them. Right. Dawn. And that is, and I, there was a park ranger there, and I said, what a courageous thing somebody mm -hmm. has done by acknowledging. <laughs> that the story mm -hmm. is more complicated mm -hmm. would ever be taught in a, in a classroom. That's yes. courage to me. That's heroism to me. Yeah. And I don't have that heroism most of the time, to be honest. Wow. Uh, wow. I don't have it. That's maybe that's why I admire it so much. Uh, I'm, I'm way too diplomatic for that. Uh, <laughs> most of the time, most of the time. So you ask me my heroes, my heroes are those people. Wow. Uh, a Nelson Mandela who says this does not work unless we talk apologize and forgive yes uh, and you know we never had the chance we being americans yes. that that was taken away after slavery ended reconstruction mm -hmm. was curtailed and the kkk rose i mean there was never that moment um and we see the after effects for 150 years um of uh, of the suffering and the hatred and the unacknowledged wounds and the unapologized for wrongs right. you know, it's well, this is, yeah anyway. well this is what we're carrying you know i believe all, all of this and what we're, we're moving through and why music can really help us get to that space of what you're saying that forgiveness of that release and i, I really want to ask you if there was one of your songs because i know you, you know you craft you craft all your songs and I wonder, is there a song for you that is medicine personally for you? Because, you know, many of your songs have meant so many things to so many people. Mm. Is there one that means that to you or, or are they other songs that other people wrote? But is there one for you? He's well, thinking. Go. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you ask me, you know, what song, if there's if there's music that calms me down and I, I think of it as calming. In other words, there's obviously uh, Eminem rapping "Lose Yourself" gets me going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? But uh, there is a there is a recording of uh, you know we each have 
we each have a song or three that saved our lives. Everybody has them. And Tell it might, me. It might have been Pink Floyd, and it might have been okay. Metallica, and it might have mm-hmm. been Dr. Dre. Everybody's mm-hmm. got that song that mm-hmm. met them where they were at. You know, when mm-hmm. I hear references to, uh, you know, uh, judging music that um, is dark or angry or sad, I, I get it. But I also have to acknowledge that Pink Floyd was as depressed as I was at times yeah. in high school. And they met me where mm. I was at. Oh, yeah. And, and There's it, relief. There's relief in the expression of that, yes. whatever you want to call it, darkness or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for all the kids, for all the kids who suffer enough to, and this is my judgment or at least interpretation, suffer enough to cover their bodies in tattoos or poke holes in their bodies or or cut themselves or all the all the sort of self-inflicting things, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. there's there's metal music that is just, you know, boys screaming into microphones. We could never know how many lives those those screaming rock stars saved. Yes. By 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 admitting their anger up on stage, yes. by acknowledging that it's real, by yes. welcoming them those people well, into a tribe. You know. Here's the difference though in your songs, Daniel. For for me, is that you're honest in them. I mean, you're you're really honest. You know, you I feel like crap right now because of this. And yet in your songs, you know, you cross the bridge to a place of possibility, you know, and, and, and that's what, at, at least for me, the difference is we're talking yeah. about like steering your ship because there's one way of just sitting in it. And so, but I want to ask, I'm going to ask the question again, is there a song of yours that does that for you? That's been transformative or maybe you still use it to point you in whatever the direction you want to move into? I would say uh, two songs that come to mind are "If the Race mm-hmm. Is Over" and uh, yes. a song called uh, "A Song Called uh, The Sky Is Always Blue." Yes, uh, I had a line for I had a line knocking around a journal for like three years. For every hill, there is a valley. Mm-hmm. Okay, for every hill, there's a valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that's a cool line, uh, and it's a it's an inherently hopeful line. I mean, it's not a new idea, right? Right? You know, I once went on a bike ride with my dad and my brothers in Vermont, and we were, and uphill was awful, but you knew when you were going uphill that you were going to get to go downhill after. <laughs> uh, and, but of course, the reverse was true too. Uh, so anyway, so uh, that song, and so I finally found a place for that line. It took years you know, to write that song. Um, for every hill, there's a valley. For every winter, the promise of spring. For every, you know, you know, heartache there will be healing um though it's not easy remembering you yeah. know yeah. Um, and that song feels hopeful in a real way uh, yeah. that yeah. acknowledges it doesn't it doesn't i you know i i uh, i get less and less i'm less and less of a believer in advice but you guys are too over the years you know it's really ever listening well uh, and it's so specific to that person in that spot in that you know correct. so yeah you know yeah. planting seeds is good but giving actual advice tends tends to be oxygen squandered, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, but but to simply to simply say out loud, I feel like crap. But I also know the sky behind the clouds. The sky yeah. is, is blue. That song does form does that for me. And if the race yes. is over, and last song also of mine, song called yes. Last, raise raise a different kind of question about whether I'm worried about 
uh, earthly, trivial, relatively trivial stuff, and taking my taking my eyes off of the good I can do today, the happiness I can feel today, the hug I can give today. Can I be a little bit, you know? Can I can I go say something nice to my boy? Can yes. I go, you know, make dinner for my wife? Can I go write a song? Can I do something? Uh, and does it have to be attached to a grand outcome? Does it have to yes. be acknowledged by anyone even? It's yeah. Songs. It, songs it's, really, it inspires patients. You know? It inspires all of us to step up to the plate to do the service work that we've been called to do. And um, I hear that message coming through your music so well. And I can't begin to say thank you for being a part of our radio show and being able to share from your heart. And before before we go out, because we only got a minute left, Faith, I want yes. to talk about our playcation yes. that people can actually sign up online for our virtual okay. retreat that's going to happen at the end of the month. Um, yes. What's the date? What's the date? It's it's 828, our Body, Mind, Spirit Playcation, and we will be sending those links up soon. It'll be a three-hour immersive experience. Um, And I know we just have one minute. Daniel, I want to have a whole other talk with you about If the Race is Over, because that's probably my favorite song. But before we go, I want everyone to know that, you know, you have to check out his, not check out, that sounds so, that's not deep enough to say this is transformative transformative music that that can make life better. It is. Please go visit Daniel. And I know you have a pledge going on to support it. And he is ongoing with his concerts and his classes. And so there's just music here to make us all feel better. So thank you, Daniel. Thank you, everyone. And we love you guys. We'll see you all next week. God bless. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.